Thank you for downloading this sponsored podcast presented by PR Week. For more podcasts, visit us online at prweek.com. Hi, everyone. This is Gideon Fiddles. I'm managing editor of PR Week. It is my pleasure to welcome you to this very special session, Reshaping the Future. It is sponsored by GNS Business Communications and, of course, much gratitude to them for doing so. Earlier this year, GNS unveiled its Reshaping the Future report. It is a great compilation of data and insights about the factors that are driving businesses and brands forward. Coupled with unique perspectives, its goal is to help communicators and their brands build a better future, even in this rolling reality. Our session today is the fourth we are doing this year. They all focus on reshaping the future, but each one concentrates on a specific sector and features a top comms leader from a prominent brand in that space, along with a leader from GNS with particular expertise in that space. Our first session focused on financial services, our second on agribusiness, our third on healthcare. And I certainly want to note that you can check out those podcasts on audio platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In addition, I know a lot of people listen to the podcast directly on pureweek.com, so you can easily go to the podcast page there to check these out. Today, we're talking about home and building. We'll look at the unique comms challenges and opportunities presented by COVID-19. We'll talk about how the prevalence of working from home is impacting the industry and all those who communicate on its behalf. We'll talk about the particular importance of brand evangelists in this space and much more. Of course, the key to a great discussion is a great leader with whom to have that conversation. Well, I've outdone myself in that category today as I have two such professionals joining me today. Ben Boyd, VP of Comms and Community Relations at Lowe's and Meredith Topolanchik, MD at GNS Business Communications. Ben and Meredith, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you, Gideon. Thanks, Gideon. I've really been looking forward to this conversation so much because as I was explaining to both Ben and Meredith at various points before today, I am an HGTV and all such channels nut, even though I have absolutely no skills at putting anything together. And I am not really in the house market buying market at the moment, but I just love all things home. So this is really personally very interesting to me. So I can't wait to get started. So. Not only did the pandemic not cause a let up in the home and home renovation market, it actually led to a boom in it. And let me share a data point from GNS's recent Reshaping the Future proprietary research on this. When asked if they were to move into a new home, 50% of respondents indicated they would prefer either to build a new home or buy one that needs remodeling. I could see the property brothers salivating already. That's great news for the sector and the comms pros who work in and for it, but this also ups the ante for all comms pros in the sector because a lot more invested and interested eyeballs are hanging on your messaging. And it's a competitive market too. Please discuss how this period has changed the landscape for communicators in the sector in terms of message priority, differentiation, and channels platforms used. Ben, one of the leading experts in this space, I'd like to start with you. Thanks, Gideon. First, you know, thanks to you, PR Week, um, for, for hosting these conversations. I think that, you know, they're, they're not only fun, but they're, I think they're instructive um, and, 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 just, and just great for the industry. And, and then to, the, to Meredith, to you, to Luke and the folks at GNS, thanks for this important research. I, I, look, I think the oracle, the obvious, right? Everyone's tired of talking about the new normal. I think rolling normal, you know, it was, as you said, is, is a better way to think about it. But in, in this post pandemic, you know, or emerging from pandemic period, one thing we know for certain, right, is that the consumer's relationship with the home is forever changed, right? It's a, it's a, it's a classroom, it's an office, it's an entertainment center, it's a gym, you know, that list probably goes on. So 
you know, you're not alone in feeling that you don't necessarily know how to tackle the, some of those uh, challenges in the home that, that you may want to. But I think what we have undoubtedly seen over the course of the pandemic is that a lot of consumers started with paint. That was one of the first sort of categories, if you will, within our business that exploded. Um, and then what you saw from there was the do-it-yourself courage curve just accelerated, right? So if I can paint, you know, I can tile that bathroom. You know, I can put in that new toilet. I can transform this room into a gym from, uh, you know, unused extra bedroom. So I, I, we don't expect this uh, to, to, to change. There's not going to be a, a, a we, don't, we don't expect consumers to ever go back to where we were. And so I think the relationship with the home as both a, a, a bigger center of life, but also as a bigger part of the kind of the total wealth portfolio, if you will, right? Like I, I, I expect more out of my home in terms of the residual value that I'm, that I'm building here. And especially with housing stocks being at a near all time low, right? That, that notion of the ability just to go out and, and move at, at random has, has become a bigger challenge for folks. So they're staying put, they're engaged and invested. And I think, you know, long-winded answer, but, you know, to get to the fundamental, it, it has been critical that at, for Lowe's that we connect with both the pros who are building those new homes, who are leading those big renovation projects. So in terms of, you know, the trade media, in terms of, you know, reaching them through their families, we've been very thoughtful around those comm strategies. And then with, you know, with the DIY crowd, right, from the paint and the paint roller, I work with Iris Apfel for, you know, a, 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 a paint collection at, on, you know, the coincidence of her turning 100 and our turning 100, a style icon, you know, partnering with a Lowe's to, you know, inspire consumers, you know, with color. And, and so I, it, we have been through, I, I think, not just a transformative period for the industry, but also I think a creative kind of renaissance for our industry in terms of creating connections with consumers in unexpected ways. Thanks for that, Ben. And I love the way you kind of uh, worded the relationship with the home. It really is a relationship. And I suppose it maybe has been that way pre-pandemic, but I think a lot of people really look at it that way now. I mean, I certainly do. I probably spend more time with my house than I do with any human being in the last year and a half. So yeah, that's a relationship, right? <laughs> Meredith, I'd love to get some of your thoughts on this as well. I couldn't agree more. I, we joked last year, so it's a year and a half now that we've been dealing with the pandemic and people buy and sell homes for lifestyle reasons. They always have, they're getting married, they you know have babies, they retire, they remodel because they want something fresh or they're moving into something new. And we joked that if you hated your home before, you really hated it during the pandemic, right? Or you hate, you're like, oh, I really wanted to get to that painting, painting that one room or renovating this. And we had the time to think about it and sit in it and see it. Plus, it was all of those functions for us. And there was no time like the present to do it. And so at GNS, we've been working in home and building since the 1980s and have a lot of different clients that we work with. I've been working with Coldwell Banker Real Estate since 2007, which was right at the height, right before the bust. And then there was a lot of very important ways that we needed to message the importance of home because it really is. It's one of the most significant investments you're going to make and you want to treat it well and it's a hot market and we have very sophisticated consumers and customers who are researching and and us being out there and giving them the information in all of the places that they need to be becomes really important so this past year was exciting for us because 
we could provide that information to help them navigate the process because it was happening no matter what. They were going to be looking for a new home either to buy or to sell or to renovate. And we had customers and clients that were ready to, to provide that information. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, we're actually with the next topic. Ben kind of touched on it before, but I kind of want to bring it to a little bit more specificity because as Ben noted and Meredith as well, uh, basically your home has become your office. Well, at least one of the rooms in your house has become your office. And I suppose if it's an apartment, it's your entire home, right? But that need is probably not going anywhere because a lot of people are maybe not going to go back to their offices at all or certainly more of a hybrid level. So they're going to be working from home more. It's, I don't even want to use the word trend because it's more than that, but this trend, for lack of a better term, has created a new or amplified segment of business that is there for people to really tap into and obviously come brands in the space to really take advantage of it. It's an opportunity to engage consumers, both existing and prospective. It's just a new opportunity to build loyalty among those consumers. So how have you both responded to this particular opportunity? You, Ben, obviously is a major brand in the space, and you, Meredith, is a counselor to many brands in the space, just because I don't want everyone to start the same. I don't want everyone to start the question the same. So Meredith, I'll have you go first for this one. Sure. Um, yeah, the work from home, it's, it's here to stay. I'm, I'm in the office today talking to you, but tomorrow I'll be back in, you know, back at home. And we've had to set ourselves up in a different way. And as communicators and how we're trying to counsel and help our clients help with the consumer and the customer is what, how are people using their space so that we can point them in the right direction. So another one of the clients we work with is Ferguson Showrooms. And we did a survey again, just to get a, a test of what they, you know, what everybody's thinking about, about work from home. And the living room became a new space, right? Because maybe you were setting up your laptop there and you were working and, and, and that was a piece of, of how you were set up and lighting. And I'm sure Ben, you agree with this in terms of all the lighting, you know, fixtures and things you do at Lowe's um, became really important. And like 60% wanted to redo their lighting and 22% did it for these video calls that, that we are constantly on all the time because they needed to look professional. They needed to look good. So those are the, the insights that we were able to provide to help people navigate yeah, maybe we all work from home from time to time before, but we weren't necessarily all on video. And maybe it was just like, oh, I took fewer meetings that day. It was just easier because I was picking up the kids or, you know, doing something around the house. It's very different. We've literally set up two offices now that we need to navigate between. So it's um, a whole new world in that way. Yeah, I think it goes back to creativity, Gideon and, and Meredith, right? It's, it's the notion of you know, how do, I, how do I change this space in a way that I may have never thought about changing this space, right? Taking on this job in the throes of pandemic, right? A part of what was important for me was how do I, in a virtual world, cre create connection to, right, my new company? So the fact that, you know, my home office is a, is a, is a Lowe's blue, is not a coincidence, right? I happen to love the color, but it, for me, it was a psychological decision around that connection, right? So how, again, I think it, it goes, if you think about our decor business, right? You can then parse that decor business out, which some folks don't even know we have a decor business, right? So how, how does this business intersect with kind of what your lifestyle needs are, right? And how are we meeting you and helping you in that regard? And, and, and how are we doing that in ways that, you know, also address, because we, we've talked about the, the added utility, all that added utility means greater wear and tear, right? So new washable rugs, right? That are a category for us that are, you know, incredibly popular, right? Become all the more attractive, right? Stylish and washable, right? Seems more relevant than ever before, Meredith, to your point, uh, you know, uh, uh, across these last 18 months. 
And we, we welcomed co colleagues and clients into our home in a way like we never had before. And we normalized it. So you'd see a cattail. It's like, oh, sorry, my cat just walked across my keyboard or, you know, and it brought a lot of humanity to our work place in a you know in a new way a lot of us work in a lot of great places with great cultures but it was like no the kids are running around in the background sorry got to go on mute or somebody's dropping off the couch I've got to go you know answer the front door so it's um it's it's I think it's going to be a good way of, of how we all evolve in our work no and, and obviously it's also going to be a great way in how we evolve in thinking about our home I mean this is sort of an unexpected opportunity I think if I may, I almost think, I, listen, I'm probably guilty of this too. In fact, I'm definitely guilty of this. I probably took my home for granted two years ago. I mean, it was honestly, get on a train, go to work, I come home, and basically I sleep here. I mean, and, but, you know, clearly, you know, that's, a, that's changed forever, and it's making me think about things, and actually I am about to start a rather – for me, large renovation projects around the house. And I never would have thought about that before. So, I mean, like I said, this really personally is of such interest to me, but I know everyone out there is like, okay, Gideon, we don't, we don't care what you want. We want to hear about what Ben and Meredith have to say. Okay, people, let me get involved with Ben and Meredith then. <laughs> GNS's Reshaping the Future report clearly highlights how reputation is the most important thing to consumers when they look for a realtor, a lender, whole building products, and contractors. And that makes sense. When you talk about a home, as both Ben and Meredith have said a couple times today already, you're talking about one of the most important things in any consumer's life. There are a few things, if any, consumers will devote more resources to, both financial and emotional, than their homes. Beyond product and service quality, which is obviously crucial, what is the key to establishing a strong reputation in this particular sector? Ben, I think I'll start with you. Yeah, again, I think it, you have to put it in the context of this period. And I think we, you know, while the pandemic is certainly front and center, we also cannot negate the, I think, the importance and the impact of sort of the social awakening. I think that our country went through, my opinion, in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd, right? And so I, I go there because I think it, it's not just about the pandemic. It, the, you know, it is, about all, it is about all the change and transformation that we've gone through. And I think what consumers are paying more and more attention to is how did companies, how did brands navigate these moments and these periods, right? For us, 300,000 associates on the front lines, we were an essential retailer. We've stayed open. Right. So how did we take care of our associates? Right. So um, the, the, the millions of, of dollars in incremental bonus that we shared the wealth um, with those who were on the front line, I think is just a testament to Marvin Ellison as CEO and, and the commitment um, that he from the top led as it relates to that commitment to associates and, 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 and their families, right? Um, we had an employee relief fund that came in to bear as some members, extended members of our Lowe's family lost their jobs, right? So how did we help families stay afloat? How, how did we navigate these social issues, right? Our founding of 110, I think pretty fundamental, our work with our Making It With Lowe's program to support minority-owned small businesses, right? Especially hard hit you know, during this pandemic, how did we, you know, the, the grants that we worked with LISC, 50 plus million dollars in grants that we gave away across this country to keep those small businesses uh, sometimes just afloat, right, through this period of uncertainty. And so I point to all of that to say that fascinating for me was not, was not as much of a big trumpeted communications effort behind that, but a focus on the actions 
that the actions will lead to the reputation or cruel. So let's not, let's not worry about what we sign on to as much as let's worry about what we do. And so I think that, that you know, it, it, there's, there's nothing that builds reputation more than action. And so for Lowe's, that's been uh, a, a, just a sort of tremendous North Star through this entire period. And, you know, I really appreciate that answer because every single brand, regardless of the sector that they're in, especially in this last year and a half, has really had to think beyond their sector and be leaders societally. And I never really thought about the fact how Lowe's, a company like Lowe's, was one that people really, really looked to for various reasons during the pandemic. I didn't even think about that until you just said it, but it's a really, really great point. So um, very much appreciate And what you just said, clearly it obviously works for uh, brands in this sector, but frankly, I think it's important for brands in any sector. And uh, Meredith, obviously I would like to let you chime in as well. Yeah, I, reputation is, there's so many dimensions to reputation. I mean, what's embedded in that is trust. And, and all the ways that you do trust the, the companies that you work with, that you seek out to help you with your home and, and everything you do. I mentioned Coldwell Banker Real Estate. It's, it's kind of in my DNA to, to think about them because I worked with them for so many years. But one of the things that we talk about with them is they're, they're turning 115 years old this year. They emerged out of the 1906 earthquake and the fires. And there was such trauma going on in terms of commercial real estate and, and residential real estate. And you know these two founders decided to, to embed trust so that the home buying and selling and commercial real estate was was true. And that's the fabric that we talk about through all of our communications. And it, it becomes a, you know, when you're looking for, for a real estate agent, you often are looking at the property, but pretty soon after that, you're checking on that person and, and do you know, oh, you've got to work with Ben. He's a great real estate agent. Oh, and who does he work for? Coldwell Banker. And if we are, are carrying through that reputation and trust all the way through internal communications, training, the proof is in, in the pudding, if you will, that, that they're, that's the right company you want to align with because of that fabric and that foundation, literal foundation. So I agree. And Ben, you were saying, talking about just everything that went on last year. When we look back on that, it just, it, we had such time to soak and think about our lives and, and where we are as a country. And, you know, one of the other programs that Cole Baker has is an inclusive ownership program where you can, um, you know, become a broker and have an opportunity to, you know, build a business if, you know, you're looking to do that. So there's so many different ways that that reputation is, and, and we expect a lot as consumers. We expect even more from the from the brands that we work with, and uh, that's a high bar to set. So we better we better show up for it. Well, thank you for that, Meredith. And you know, I also very really appreciate your comments too, because you're bringing realtors and real estate agents into this conversation too. I don't think everyone automatically thinks about them when they think about the home and building sector, but they're such an important, they're such an important part of it, especially now with so many people, uh, you know, people thinking about buying houses or what it, or when might not be. Obviously, unless you're doing it yourself, real estate agents and companies like that are so important to this pro so important to this conversation. So they're, really, they're true experts. They, they're connectors. They're, they're, you know, help helping you point you to your local lows. You've got to go there because that's where you can find the best deals and expertise. So. Exactly. Very much appreciate that. Now, GNS's report, and obviously I'm referencing it a lot because that's such tremendous findings, also highlights a notable and unique aspect of the home and building sector. Because referrals are so important in this particular space, the ability to turn customers into brand evangelists just might be more valuable in this sector than many others. 
That is certainly part of every communicator's job. But again, its ability to do so is particularly important in this space. What's the key to success in building brand evangelists in the home and building sector? Meredith, I think I'll start with you. Listening. You have to listen. I really feel like that, that we are, the evangelists can come from a lot of different ways. There's a lot of channels in which they, they participate in. And if you listen, you really have a, an opportunity to, to harness that and, and use it to help you craft your marketing messages and your plans and your programs. There's now more than ever, we have so many ways that we can do that. So, so if you're ignoring certain aspects, even if it's negative feedback, sometimes that's, you know, something that can help you grow even in, in better ways. Um, but taking those evangelists and, and creating communities for them to communicate. You know, we talk a lot about omni-channel um, efforts in terms of our communications, and that really is a key part of it, I believe. Thank you so much, Meredith. Ben? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it starts at Lowe's listening in the aisle, right? Because if you're a first time visitor shopper, you know, or, you know, on your 10th visit, because this project has taken on turns that you <laughs> may not have anticipated, right? That experience in the aisle, and let's go to that 10th visit. It only takes one of those 10 to go wrong for you to be frustrated with us, right? So as a communicator, I, I often start conversations by trying to assess, you know, am I, am I engaged in a dialogue within the company about a communications problem or a business problem, right? And so customer service um, is not anything that good comms can fix at a macro level, right? We can support internal comms, right, that enable our associates to be more effective in the aisles. And then I think to, you know, to your point, getting around around the, the sector and ambassadors, it's just ensuring that as we went through this period, that things like buy online, pick up in store, right, our curbside lockers, or the ability to, you know, to order online, pull up into a store, and within, you know, two minutes have the item or items loaded into the back of your car by an associate wearing the mask so that you feel safe. So I put all of that into that customer service bucket. Clearly, comms has to make our consumers, our customers of, uh, aware, right, of, of this opportunity to have their needs met in a, in a multiple of ways. And then last but not least, you know, shame on me if I don't talk about the role that I think influencers have played, right? I think we're spending a lot of time on these small screens. You know, we, we get in these ruts looking at these same folks. These same folks carry a lot of sway. And so, you know, our engagement with influencers has been pretty prolific under Marissa Thalberg's leadership as our new CMO. And we've been far more creative. I mentioned Iris Apfel earlier, but just earlier today, um, you know, Milo from This Is Us, a curation with him and looking at, you know, certain style choices that he's made. And, and so leveraging, you know, those fan bases or our work with Kane Brown on our 100 Hometowns project. So the, the you know, the, that, that tie-in with those influencers who are authentically connected, right, to our business, to our industry, has also been really critical in terms of um, building that kind of ambassador base. Well, and I love those partners too, just interrupt Gideon, just sure. that, you know, you're also looking for inspiration at this moment where things are kind of challenging. It's like if somebody you admire and, oh, wow, that's what they're doing in their space. And, and I know we talked about this in the reshaping the future and you may be going here, Gideon, but, you know, part of the listening for, for us over the past 18, 18 months or so was um, what people needed at any given moment. So in person was an important part of it. And that was challenging at times either to go see a house in person or to 
go to a store in person, obviously like Lowe's, it was, you, you were open that whole time, but like with Ferguson showrooms, they did a lot of virtual, um, you know, they listened and that was, you know, people were still renovated and they needed to bring in. So they, they offered a virtual option, but then, you know, quickly opened up opportunities to talk with experts in person too. So the listening part for me on that is that it changed quickly more than any other. I mean, I've been in this PR industry now for 20 years, like we had to listen very fast every month because it was changing how we were all feeling about what we needed. Um, and because the real estate market too was so hot, you didn't have time to think. I mean, homes are on that market for like 17 days if you're selling. So you've got to think quick and, and decide, okay, I could renovate that room. Let's go for it. Put in an offer. So it's, you know, as communicators, we had to stay on top of that too. You know, Meredith, thank you very much. You actually segued pretty well into my last question here about this. There are purchases that consumers make where doing so virtually works totally fine. But when it comes to the home, touching, feeling, and being there in person seems like an absolute must. How do brands or how have brands in this sector navigated this in an era where so much is still done exclusively via virtual channels? And Ben, I'll probably start with you. And now, Meredith made a good point. You guys were open. So that, this might not be as relevant to you, but there's, I'm sure there's still some of it. So I'm curious how you've adapted to an era where so much is being done virtually. Well, I, you know, Meredith said the key word here earlier, right? Omnichannel. And so I think anyone that knows the story of Lowe's knows that in 2019, Black Friday, we were one of the, you know, the, the disasters of the, of the shopping day. You know, our, the site crashed under the traffic that, you know, was experienced on um, on that day, we now average traffic, um, you know, on on a peak that's multiples higher than what that day's peak was, right? So we, this is a technology company that I work for. Be very clear, right? And the transformation of Lowe's as a retailer is technology enabled. Uh, and so again, you know, great role in retail for those um, companies that are pure play online. But I think that increasingly consumers, there are things they're going to want to touch, feel, and see. Uh, and so just, again, the ability for someone to go online to Lowe's.com to be inspired, right, where we have what we refer to as the endless aisle, right? I far more SKUs, you know, on Lowe's.com than we would in a store, mm -hmm. right? And, and so the ability to, again, be inspired by that, to maybe go into the store. To, so I think, it, I, I think there's multiple touch points that consumers, for, especially when you think about the totality of a project, you know, regardless of what that project is. Uh, so I, I think omnichannel and how we ensure seamless experience for the consumer, for the customer, be that the pro or be that the DIY, is, is incredibly essential to success. Thanks. And Meredith, I'll let you close up on this one. I, because like I was mentioning the market's been so hot, we've been having to move very quickly and people do want to see, touch and feel that's important. Part of the counseling too that we've been working with our clients on is, is when can you be nimble and maybe adjust a little? So you've, you've fallen in love and with love with this one faucet or this one refrigerator, but the supply chain is a little tight right now. And, but you really want to do that renovation. You want to get things moving here's a great expert or counselor that can point you in a, in a similar direction so that you can get that project completed. I think that's just as important too, because these are big decisions that you're making. You want to move fast, but you also want to make sure that they're right for your home because you're going to be living with it for a while. You know, it's 
It's always great when I do these podcasts and I know that I got two really excellent speakers for it. And then they are even better than the lofty expectations that I had for them initially. You guys passed this with flying colors. And, um, you know, the only person who made a couple of mistakes in here was probably me. But uh, that's okay. But I really, really enjoyed this conversation, A, because, again, some personal interest. And again, all of us are working at home now, right? Well, I, I know Meredith's in the office today, but she'll be at home tomorrow working. And um, so it's all personal to us as well. But clearly, some super counsel from two really, really brilliant communicators I know can help people in the home space and, frankly, outside the home space, too. So that's really terrific. And Ben and Meredith, of course. I want to thank you both so much for sharing your perspectives and taking the time from your very busy schedules to speak with me today. And I know you all aren't going to see this, but Ben's room is an absolutely beautiful Lowe's blue. I, you know, just envision that. It's really nice. <laughs> Th thanks, of course, to GNS for making this event possible with its support. And thanks to all of you out there for joining as well. Please don't forget about the other three podcasts we have for you in the GNS PR Week Reshaping the Future series. You can go to PRWeek.com to check all of them out. For now, this is Gideon Fiddles, I'm Managing Editor of PR Week, wishing you all the great rest of your day. Thank you so much.